Hey, what's good, your boy, Sharpie 706. This week on KTSC Ave, Ep 77, we talk our thoughts on Marvel's Eternals, the terrible Henry Ruggs crash, Aaron Rodgers being immunized, the Drink Champs Yay interview, and much more. Tap in. Hey, I didn't mess up this time. We out. Peace. I thought it was 78. God dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what's good? It's your boy South Bree 706. This is KTSE Av Live, the podcast episode 77. We're gonna do nothing. We just 78. Kick it. 78? Damn, I my numbers mixed up. Nah, it's should be 77. Not 78. 78. Oh, oh, I got the numbers all wrong, man. Oh, I guess it's episode 78. Where did I miss a number? Because I got 74, 75. Did I skip the episode on the I think one of them that I did by myself. You like didn't include that in the Well, this is episode 77 or 78. <laughs> we have Marcus and um, Tech Messiah here. <laughs> What's good, y'all? Hey, man. I'm tired of people embarrassing me in public on the internet. I, I would like it to stop. And I would also like people to respect my privacy at this time when it comes to the GOAT quarterback's uh, vaccination status. So, I just kind of wanted to say something real quick because there's been a lot of he said, she said stuff. So, I, I pulled right up to the studio because I want y'all to feel me. You feel me? So, first of all, if you know us personally, do you understand the difference between when it's just jokes or when we going after you behind. So anybody that took offense to last episode, I'd like to first start out by saying, I apologize if anybody took the jokes offensive or anything like that. Um, we really wanted to go at you. Uh, we do something like this. Uh, fast lane pain, you're a cocksucking dickless bastard. What? what? We hate you here at this uh, podcast. So you can go to hell. If I'm ever in Augusta, I'm going to stick a golf club up your ass. And yeah, that's how we diss people. Other than that, it's all jokes. We love everybody the, else. The views fuck, of uh, the fuck Tech Messiah do not reflect the views of anybody else but Tech Messiah. But any, anywho, Jesus Christ. Shout out to Lowski Wolski's ball headed ass, too. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Lowski. Let, let me get this up on YouTube real quick. You guys talk while I do that. So. I already know, Marcus, you know what's up. You see my name here. Man, what did you think about this uh, this Silk Sonic, man? Like, the first track, you know, leave the door open, close the door, whatever it was. It, it was cool. This new track is something serious, man. Like, I'm really excited about this album. I didn't really care for Skate, but this third song, man, I'm like, okay, these boys, this, this is going to be a fire project. Like, I hope that it can meet up to the expectations. But man, it is this, this track. I've been bumping this track heavy. heavy. Yeah. Before he before he answers that, uh, let it be known that I was one hundred percent correct, saying that he need to release. They need to release another single before uh, the album drop, which they did. And they I have not listened. I have not listened to the latest song, but continue. they didn't. Well, they didn't need to. I, it it would have been smart to uh, obviously release another single. I love "Leave the Door Open" when it came out. I think a lot of people got fatigue from it because they ran that song. They, they didn't run it into the ground, but they did that song a lot. They performed yeah, it like three times. They, they performed that song live like three different award shows. They had 
the uh, they had the live version. Um, they just continued to push that song. It was a big song, and I love that song. And then right before or right around the time they dropped Skate, that was the same time that they pushed back the album. So I feel like because people were kind of fatigued with Leave the Door Open, that people just weren't open to what Skate was, and they had to deal with the album being pushed back. So I don't understand why people don't like the song, honestly. like I, I listen to the song all the time also. I think it's a good, fun song. Like The video is amazing. The singing is amazing. The production is amazing. I don't know what people are listening to when they say Skate is not a good song. But uh, this song, Smoking Out the Window, it's another heater. Like That's all it is. When I heard Leave the Door Open, I said on this podcast, Silk Sonic is going to have the album of the year. I'm going to, I, I said, off of that one song, I will buy tour tickets to go see them. Off of that one song. I didn't need anything else. Like, I understand why they dropped Smoke Without the Window. Did they need it? No. It, it's a great song, obviously. And last week, if you were listening, I said that uh, I thought Thundercat should be on this album. And now he's on it. So I would like to take full credit for that. Wait, no, I said that. I said it. I, po- I posted the clip. I posted the clip. Oh, shit. I'm a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, I think uh, so. You said he wouldn't be a part. I think you said he wouldn't be a part of it. I, I have to go back and listen. I, I got the I got the clip. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me see. Another thing I want. Oh, and another thing I wanted to say. Uh, Thundercat needs to be on Silk Sonic's album. There's a lot of people that need to be involved in this project outside of Bruno Mars and Anna. Yeah. So I mean, wait, you stopped it pretty early. I, I, hey, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about what happened with the, with the yeah, okay. <laughs> Shout out anyway. to Joe Budden. Okay. Um, we don't need context. Okay. All right. The, the link is out. Oh, shit. I forgot to put some people in there. Oh, well, they should be subscribed anyways. All right. So let's, let's get into it. So I specifically yesterday or the day before yesterday stayed off of Twitter for like 24 hours because I did not want to get any spoilers from the Eternals. Like, I guess it came out earlier somewhere in a different country and I I had seen some things, nothing like super consequential to the movie, but I just heard like, yo, the gasp at the end credit scene, whatever, whatever. I was like, oh shit, it must be lit. So I got off Twitter because like I said, I'd have been thoroughly pissed if I got any spoilers. Um, so this will be a spoiler-free uh, review since uh, Mr. Tech Messiah has yet to go. Oh, see I don't movie. care. Okay, we don't want to. Well, do, do we want to? I don't think we want to spoil it. It's it's too early. I think. I think yeah. Well, there's there's you know there's some slackers out here, but yeah. Um, I thought it was a good movie. Like on Rotten Tomatoes, for the tomato meter, it got a forty-eight. And then the audience scores at 84. So there was a little bit of a disconnect. But I, I did watch some review videos and I kind of think I see why that some people would rank it pretty low. Um, overall, the way that the way that I view Marvel films that don't have characters that I don't know or that I don't really care about, or they're not like large big name characters, popular characters. I look at Marvel movies like this and like uh Shang-Chi as building blocks to the bigger picture. Like, I don't necessarily have to be blown away by the film, by the storyline, by the plot, by the characters. I just know that it's building up to something that's going to be incredible. So for me, regardless of that, I thought it was a great movie. Visually, it was good. The music was good. 
the it was a pretty compelling movie. Like I was like, oh shit! Like I was kind of on the edge of my seat a little bit as far as like things that were happening, and just kind of explaining like the Celestials and what the Eternals are and what their purpose is. And then as it builds up to the end with the with the big reveal, it's like, oh shit! Like this is this is a, a big change or a potential big change that could happen in the MCU, and. I thought it was good. I thought it was. A, I thought it was a great movie. There was a lot of complaints from what I was reading the reviews that it wasn't action packed. Uh, it was. They were saying it was about seventy five percent like dialogue, not much action. But it was a lot of talking. Yeah, but again, that's that's what I'm saying. This is a a building block to expand the MCU universe, right? This is taking us outside of what we know on Earth, I and mean, we've touched on space a little bit. But this is like getting deep into the weeds and that stuff and showing us like how big this potentially can get. And that's something that excites me as someone who enjoys these movies. Uh, I wasn't too familiar with the Eternals characters. Um, I, I said this on the podcast before. I, I'm going to pretty much stop looking up reviews and reviewing these characters because I like going to the movies, to these movies specifically, and being surprised yes. and being shocked and, and not and not knowing stuff. Like in the information age, not knowing stuff sometimes is a good thing. I don't have yeah. to have all the answers. I don't have to have all these predictions. Go into it, watch it, and enjoy it. And yeah, I, was, I was, I was kind of upset with with El Chopper because, like, when I said that I was on my way to go see the Eternals, she was like, "Oh, I heard that movie didn't get good reviews." I'm like, "Oh, come on!" Like, I had I had no type of like inkling or feeling about the movie. I was like, "Hey, this is a Marvel movie. This is what I do. I go see these movies." So I just didn't want to have anything to kind of like sway my thinking. Like, obviously, that one message isn't going to be like, well, this movie's probably going to be bad. But I didn't want to have any type of like anything to sway me. You know, even if she would have said like, oh, I heard this movie was great. Like, I don't want to hear anything going into the, to these movies. And uh, and that's it's going to be ironic because I'm going to tell you how I felt about the movie, what I thought it was. But I thought it was it was pretty good. It's uh if this is the stepping stone to something bigger, then this is a good step uh, as far as like where we're going to go. And I, I've said this before, this isn't a spoiler, but um, I do want to see the MCU explore. I want to see the MCU get off of Earth. Like I'm, I feel like we're done here with Earth. Like I know we got Spider-Man and uh, Ant-Man and something with Black Panther, but I'm more interested in what like Thor is doing, what the Guardians of the Galaxy are doing, what Captain Marvel is doing. Like I'm more interested in Marvel branching out and like we don't need to stay on Earth. We don't need to be as grounded anymore. Um the post credit scenes are per Marvel, they're they're what they do. Like they're gonna surprise you, they're gonna leave you, you know, asking questions and doing research and stuff like that. So uh, Marvel's on a good run, like it uh with Shang-Chi. Uh, Eternals. Uh, what what comes next? Is Spider Man? Spider Man uh, comes out this month. You muted yourself. You muted yourself. Yeah, let me look up the the next rollout for Marvel. Yeah, so like they're gonna go on a pretty good run as far as like movies. It seems like, and I know I think it's twenty twenty two. They're gonna have like a shit ton of movies, and they got a lot of TV shows. And speaking of the TV shows, oh yeah, I'm at the yeah. I'm glad you brought this speaking, up. Speaking of the TV, speaking of the TV shows. I'm, like I said, I, I, I'm trying to hold my like real judgment on how I feel about the TV shows. Like I can tell you if they're good or not. I just don't know if those shows mattered right now. Like as of right now, I've seen Shang Chi and Eternals, uh, Captain or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki and Wandavision. 
if I would have never watched any of those shows, these two movies are still good to me. And they and those shows didn't matter. As of right now, they don't matter. So what was the point? Well, it's still early. I thought the point. It's still early. Still early. I thought the point that you were going to make is that nobody cared about the uh, What If series. That's where I thought this was going. But what? Um, but but the same same thing though. What? So if you didn't watch What If, none of these movies are ruined. If you didn't watch Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier, are any of these movies different? Like none of the TV shows matter. Like what? I think What If is just placed in a bad spot. It was the last. Like if What If was the first movie, and the last or the first TV show and the last TV show was like WandaVision. And we're going into these movies off of that. We're still kind of like, man, eh, I don't know. Did I really need to spend all that time watching that? I, I think what if I think these these shows are going to have some significance down the road. So we're still early in the cycle. So when Black Widow, Shang Chi, Eternal. So you have Spider Man, Doctor Strange, Thor, Black Panther, The Marvels, Guardian of the Galaxy, Ant Man, The Wasp, Fantastic Four, and then Blade, which is which is interesting. Um, if you if you watch the movie, you understand what I'm talking about. But just the the sequence of this movie is a little a little telling. But I'm just curious of like what the timeline is for how they're going to show how these movies lined up. And and that was kind of one of the gripes that one of the reviewers of the movie had comics explain, which they didn't do a terrible job of this, but his suggestion is, is that they would have incorporated a little bit more of the Eternals kind of since they've been around for thousands of years. What's good, Chan? Uh, they've been around for thousands of years that like if they could have just showed some like interactions with like the Marvel superheroes, like not directly, but just like, hey, his example was like, you know, in the Battle of New York, you know, maybe one of the characters lives in New York at the time is walking down the street and then like. Tony Stark happens to save them from a building that was falling, not knowing who they are, even though this character clearly doesn't need their help. But just kind of like in um, in Endgame, right? How they went back to it, with the Infinity Stones in the past and they just showed themselves walking past themselves doing their events. Just kind of instances like that or with the uh, the Doughboys character <laughs> from ATL, the black dude. I don't know. Hey, head. Yeah, that character. Like they could have been, he said that like, hey, let's say that he worked for Stark Industry at some point, way back in the day as like a scientist or somebody who was in their their R and D department. Just little little things like that they could have incorporated just to kind of retie everything together. Because the gripe was like it didn't feel like a Marvel movie. If that made sense, because like outside of the title saying Marvel Studios, it kind of was just a little bit of a standoff film. Even though they did mention like Thanos and like Iron Man, just things that went on with the blip. It was very, very minor compared to the rest of the, uh, the film. So that, that was one great, but I, that didn't really bother me much. Cause again, I'm looking at the, the big picture of a phase four. So that that's definitely interesting. I, I think that that is a good way to look at it. If you're going to go into this movie, like it's almost like we're starting over like after in game, like Shang-Chi is kind of like a uh, kind of how Spider-Man was like at the tail end. It came after Endgame, so you get like that Spider-Man uh, two. Like I can't remember how their names go or whatever. So this is kind of like that stepping off point. It's like, hey, we're gonna start introducing these new things. Like things are about to get kind of weird. Like we're gonna stay on Earth for a little while longer, but hopefully you guys can 
if you guys can grasp what we're doing in this space, then hopefully the next one, um, you guys won't be so like freaked out and not being able to follow it on that stuff. But this is a movie I would see again, though. Yeah, definitely. The the thing with space is like, yeah, <clears throat> we do want to see what's going on, but like that's when they're kind of have to really hit with like the movies and the character development because it's it's gonna be hard. We'll, we'll see what the numbers do, but I think it's gonna be hard to really sell some of these like characters that really only comic book readers kind of know about. Like it was a hit with the Guardians of the Galaxy because I had I know nothing about those characters. But eventually they wove those characters in with the, the people that we know, know and love. That makes sense. So, again, depending on how far they want to do this, which, again, there's so many characters, so many stories that, that Marvel can explore. They could probably do this for the end of time. But I think they got to be cautious as they move away from Earth because it's more palatable to the, the average fan. So, and I, and I think that's why they kept that's why they're keeping Thor around. You got to keep you got to keep some of them that they know, like uh Guardians of the Galaxy, those characters, Thor, Captain Marvel. You have people from not the original crew, but from previous movies that you can bring along. It's like, hey, I don't know who the Eternals are. I don't know who these other characters are, but I know who Thor is. I know who Captain Marvel is, even though everybody seems to hate her. Uh, I know who the Guardians of the Galaxy are. I know who Groot and Rock and all those guys are. So this is going to keep me uh, intrigued. Like, I'm going to go and um, continue this, this journey. Okay. Yeah. What? No, I, I I agree. I agree with Rev. Um, well, read, what, read what she says. I, I do. I I I am one of the few for, that for the people that are like, for the people that are listening, but I'm not on YouTube. He said, "Fuck what they're doing <laughs> to Thor." Why? Like, I, I did not like. I did not like uh, the last Thor movie. I did. Oh, like you're it. one of those people. It was too. It was too cartoonish. It was too campy. Like they started the movie off with jokes. I was like, "All right, man." I know y'all were overcorrecting from how bad Thor 2 was, but like, come on, man. It was, it was too jokey jokey for me. Just like off the rip. I'm like, bro, like it was a fun movie. It didn't have to be. It didn't have to be fun throughout the entire movie. There we go. Not a space idiot. There we go. Like they they they've dumbed down his character. Like he before he's like, oh, oh they, they they nerfed him a lot. I'm Thor, I'm this prestigious character now. I'm like, you know, fart jokes, I'm fat, I drink beer, I play Fortnite. Like, get get the fuck out of here with that, man. Save that, save that for bum ass characters like uh Deadpool. You know what I'm saying? Like he shouldn't he shouldn't be reduced to that type of character, in my opinion. I'm I'm and curious. Deadpool is mid, regardless of what y'all okay. want to that movie is not good. Cap. It has a couple Cap. of funny parts. It's Cap. not. Cap Same with Logan. Song. Logan is not a good. Get the fuck! What are we doing right now? What is happening? It's up and it's stuck. I'm, <laughs> keep, I'm keeping it a bean. Uh, I'm not with that shit. But I'm, dis I'm disgusted right now. But I, I, I am, I am curious to see. I, I, I didn't think we we're gonna be on Marvel this long, but uh, I am curious to see how Thor four looks because they do have a new, uh, the guy that directed Thor three is uh also writing thor 4 now and they have a, a better cast and they have a better it seems like they're gonna have another top tier villain and they have christian bale in it and people kind of watch uh taika Waititi's movies and kind of think like oh he's just a comedy guy he's just a funny guy but if you watch some of his like early like independent movies he's got some like heart some like real true like sorrow sadness type things like the the movie uh jojo rabbit that he did after thor 3 that he was able to finally get made because that movie did so well 
that movie is dark as hell. I was like, and, and it's there's a balance. Like that movie is funny and it's silly, but it's also about a child that is a Nazi whose imaginary friend is Hitler, and they go around and they're in a war. So it's like you have he can kind of find a balance between like, okay, this is absurdly funny and okay this is very serious and people are like literally dying in the streets type stuff so i'm curious to see if there if marvel allows him to kind of bring that type of energy to this next door i think they will i I don't think they can go i don't think they can go like super campy two movies in a row there's got to be some sort of new conflict or something moving forward into phase four but that that'll definitely be interesting but yeah, definitely let us know what you think about the movie. You add us on Twitter, leave a comment on YouTube. Uh, definitely like and subscribe on YouTube if you are listening or watching this right now. We appreciate it. Uh, kind of transitioning to uh, a terrible, terrible story that, that blew up last week that we want to touch on from, I guess, a, a little bit of a different angle because, of course, everybody um, was coming for the pound of flesh, especially the racist. Um, we are we are talking about the, the Henry Ruggs uh, car accident where oh, – Woman, a young woman, let me find her name. First name was Tina. Yeah. So she, a young woman named R.I.P. Wow, you got it. Tina O. Tinter um, <clears throat> lost her life when Henry Ruggs Jr. ran his uh, Corvette doing at, doing it saying 156. It said decelerated from 156. I don't know how they know this. There's like a black box in cars. But decelerated from 156 to 127 before it slammed into a Toyota at about 3 a.m., 3.40 a.m., according to ESPN, uh, rupturing the vehicle's fuel tank and igniting into a fireball. Um, Rugs was released shortly after that and has been booked into the Clark or Las Vegas jail, which is in Clark County. Um, they're saying that his uh, BAC, his blood alcohol contact, was twice the legal limit um they're intending to file a uh file a second felony dui charge yeah it's not it's not looking good not looking good not looking good for the the young man so um i i don't know man it's a terrible situation um before i had all the details i kind of referenced the uh, 2009 incident with dante starworth where he was intoxicated and, and hit a man who was running across the street, and he only he didn't do any jail time. He had to pay a lot of fines, but he yeah, he did jail like, time. I think he did like thirty days or something like that. Yeah, jail time. Well, he, he okay. He still was able to make a living. I believe he played after that, if I'm not mistaken. He played like four more years. Yeah. So it, yeah, I referenced that, but then once more details came out, and they like immediately released him. Especially at that young age, yeah, that's yeah. not not looking not looking good for the the young brother. But yeah, I saw you know of course the the, the old white men getting their cloud up, calling him a thug, and I I believe Tim Tebow was brought into this somehow. It was, it was a lot of weird shit going on online. It's like, hey man, like man's life is ruined. The the woman's family's life is ruined. It's a terrible situation, but it's it's not time for that. Like again. It's it's craziness, man. Don't drink and drive, man. Like the argument is like, yo, the NFL has ride services. He's in Vegas. They would literally get him any car service he wants. 
I know they do symposiums on this. This is not the first time this has happened, especially in Las Vegas. It probably happens more than we think. Yes. But at the same time, he is all of like 22 years old with a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? A lot of ego. And a young man of his age and his stature, his status, most likely wants to do what he was doing, stunting his Corvette to drive really fast. Like there's people out here with Toyota Camrys driving really fast. They just nah. happen to not Chevy have the Impalas. Let's go, let's go on, pull it out there. Yeah. Chevy Impalas, Teenage Chargers, Avengers, Honda Accords. Honda Accords are sick. The Accords yeah. are nasty. Y'all are sick saying, driving like, like, <laughs> like y'all, y'all are doing the same thing. It just doesn't look the same. You don't have the you know the same horsepower and torque, but apparently he was at Top Golf, and I they think he said he had like eighteen shots or something like that between the two of them. I was like, God damn! It was more than just two of them. There, I did see another party there, another dude. So maybe it was between the three of them. So, oh, they're still alive. Yeah, hey, they're doing a lot, man. They are doing a lot. Yes, one hundred fifty six is wild, though. I don't think I've ever driven that fast in my life. Like, there's there's no reason to drive that fast. Yeah, I only think I've only eclipsed a hundred maybe once or twice. Like it's a rare thing. Yeah, I mean, I I say that, but I don't have a Corvette either. Though. So to be fair, in a Corvette, you can get to one fifty six probably really a lot faster than you would think. Probably eight seconds, maybe maybe. I seven? think I think the the new Corvette does in like three point one seconds. Zero. That's sixty though. Yeah, but I mean, three seconds you at sixty. Six seconds you probably at one hundred and twenty. You know what I'm saying? Like. It's, it's up in the truck once you put the gas down. What's up, that GA boy? Yeah, Top Golf. That's a they. I'm, they haven't got a lot of blowback for it, but like we don't know all the details. You know what I'm saying, ladies? Whoever was serving him, she's probably just trying to get get her, you know, pay her college tuition. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she didn't know that he was gonna hit the road and do 156. The thing I don't like is um, our Hotep brethren. They immediately, oh well, what about Caitlyn Jenner when she did it? Or, hey, what about this situation or that situation? And it's just like, bruh, none of that matters. Like, at the end of the day, none of them had twice the legal limit going 156 miles an hour, 127 when the impact was made. Um, I seen the video somehow, and it is, I mean, like, boom, just immediately, she didn't have a chance, her or her dog. And it's just a sad situation. Like, a lot of lives are lost. I know people are, oh, well, he's an idiot. He's this, he's that. But my long question to anybody is, and and I'll be honest, it's been a few times in my lifetime when I was 21, 22, under 25, that I had too much to drink and I drove anyway. So don't act like you're so pure and throw these rocks and hide your hands. Like I know a lot, especially working for a rideshare service, uh, during my time working for Uber, like, bruh, these people, they get shit-faced all the time. Sometimes they take an Uber or Lyft. Sometimes they don't. Don't act like your life is perfect. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, um, I know i seen the video of him sobbing and crying uncontrollably. People are like, oh, well, it's just because he threw away his future. No, that may not be the case. Like, if you know that you're responsible for taking someone's life, that's not something easy, like, to get over. Like, you're sitting here probably 30, 40 feet away from a car that's engulfed in flames. Yeah, you probably cried. That could have been you. That could have been your baby mom's that was right next to you. And then I seen people saying, oh, what type of bitch does he got? She should have took the charge for him. 
Why? Like, I just don't. And that's why sometimes, like, with Twitter, it gets on my nerves because you'll get trapped in certain pockets and people just say foolishness, you know? Like, what happened with Henry Ruggs III is not a black-white thing. What happened with Caitlyn Jenner has nothing to do with him. What happened to Dante Stallworth definitely has nothing to do with them. It's a little bit more, you know, it kind of makes a little bit more sense. But, you know, I just feel sorry for all parties involved of the family. I hope he doesn't have to do the 20 years because, like I said, at the end of the day, and I'll vouch for this, I feel like most people over 70% have driven drunk before. Now, yeah, maybe we're not like DA, I mean, the GA boy going 125 uh, on 85, you know, stunting, but we've all driven fast. We've all driven drunk. So let's not act like, you know, it ain't. And yeah, you're, you're right, Kiana. What that, that ain't what we podcast for to push a fucking rav full. Like, come Shout on. Out to <laughs> Shout out to Yay. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, well, okay. So obviously, RIP to the young lady and her dog in that accident. Like, you know, I feel bad for everybody, her family, everything like that. I feel bad for Henry Ruggs, too. Like, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. I, I, I almost wasn't comfortable even saying that on Twitter because I know how Twitter can get and things get lost. And just like, why would you feel bad for him? Because it's just like when this happened, all we saw all day on the timeline was uh, fuck Henry Ruggs. He threw away his career, whatever, whatever. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week about mental health. And these players are real people. You know, people don't view Henry Ruggs as a real person. It's just like, oh, that's somebody on my favorite team. He fucked up. Now, you know, my my fantasy team is ruined. Or if I root for the Raiders, now my team is a wide receiver down. Maybe we can get Odell Beckham, whatever. You're not thinking about this 22-year-old kid that pretty much ha- – there, there, there has to be something going on with him mentally for him to get that drunk. To be twice the legal limit two hours after the accident, you're still that drunk. How much were you drinking? Why are you drinking that much? What is going on in your life that you have to consume that much alcohol? And then you have to look at the fact that he's only 22 years old. He's a a professional athlete. He was a top 15 draft pick. He's made almost $10 million. He comes from Alabama, uh, one of the most winningest programs in college football history. He feels untouchable. He feels like he can do whatever he wants, and that's what he did. And I'm not saying that it's anybody else's fault but his, but let's not act like certain people of certain privileges and of certain talents aren't kind of allowed to uh, do things that other people aren't, who are, you know, maybe while you're in school, you're under 21, you're able to get into the club for free. Now you're getting free drinks sent to your table. You're kind of like influenced and and given all these things, uh, you're, uh, I don't know, you feel like you're in a more privileged position. And that's what he did. He, he he made a mistake. And it's just like, in this country, the way he behaved is not out of the ordinary. Like, if this was a regular headline, if I just showed you a newspaper from Florida, 22-year-old kid gets in a car accident, driving drunk, kills woman and dog. No one's batting an eye at that. That's normal in this country because the culture of drinking and blackout drunk is normal here. You get to high school, you're like, you know, you get your driver's license, like, oh, let's try to see if we can get someone to buy us a beer. You get to college, let's see if we, let's get blackout drunk. 
you go to work, you get a job. All right, when I get off work, I'm going to go get a beer. You have all these commercials pushing these beer products. The NFL has a national, the official beer of the NFL. Like drinking is such a big problem in this country that the only reason that we're talking about this, this incident is because we know who this guy is. And my thing is, is instead of bashing Henry Ruggs, instead of trying to compare his DUI to Dante Star Wars or Caitlyn Jenner's, what do we do to prevent the next one? Can we stop like forcing this this culture of alcoholism onto everybody? Maybe like like the, the Braves just won the World Series, right? What are they doing on these buses? They're drinking, they're getting drunk, they're pouring champagne, they're doing all this stuff. This is it's it's common. No one like imagine if the Braves won the World Series and instead of popping champagne, they're smoking weed all over the bus, just a bunch of weed smoking. America would would lose their mind over that. But them getting ham and this isn't an indictment on the Braves or anybody else, any other sports team that wins a championship. But that's what we do. You win something. Oh, let's start getting drunks, get pop out, pop, pop bottles, do all these things. And it's just like we can't keep normalizing this kind of behavior. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I'm curious of like what the origin of popping the bottles is. I, I would love to see ESPN or somebody do a documentary of he said that you what's Marcus speaks like he's a white man I don't think he feels untouchable <laughs> um but yeah I'd like to see like a documentary like the origin of like popping champagne after winning like championships like this it has a, it had to originate somewhere right and maybe it's kind of like I don't know that, that is that is interesting like if you think about it People usually outside of like college and high school and stuff like that, like you get drunk to celebrate stuff, right? But like in moments like that, when you win the World Series, like why would you want to get drunk where you can't remember what happened? Like that would be a moment that you would want to kind of like savor, right? I know we have like recordings and stuff like that. Like, you know, we have smartphones, but like why would you want to get blasted like that where you can't remember anything? Like just as a rule, like a general rule, like if you're a high school or a college person at a party and you get blackout drunk and worst case scenario, you've woken up and have been accused of doing something or actually have done something you can regret. You you really kind of put yourself in that situation just because that's what culture says you should do. They drink like, after hey, games. We're going out for drink. Fam, I've, I've seen back in the day, I don't know if they have any more, but I, I'd see commercials of cats getting done playing like three on three and like sit down on the, on the court and crack a beer. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> like, it's, it's regular. A Gatorade dog. Like, there, there, there isn't a single scenario in this country where if someone was like to just crack over the beer, you'd be like, wow, that's kind of odd. Like, why would they do that? Like, there's no situation where that would happen. It's day so drinking, day drinking is a term. It's a thing. Like, oh, we're day drinking. Why? So my yeah, head can hurt. By, like, we're going, to, we're going to brunch like, to get hammered. <laughs> I can't like, go to the pancakes or the French toast. No, man, I've seen together. these bar crawls, man. It's 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 nasty, but like in like Adolphus said, like I'm I'm not speaking as someone who's never drank a drive before. I've driven intoxicated before. I don't. I'm not proud of it, but it's a thing that I have done. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not speaking from like a position of someone who's never. I'm not speaking from my high horse. Like, and I was like when I was 22. A broke college kid, or I was—I think I was—I was in the Air Force. A broke military guy, you know, that was just getting in, didn't have a lot of money. I was drinking and driving in my beat-up Honda Accord. Now you put twenty-two-year-old Marcus in Las Vegas 
with $10 million in his pocket and a Corvette that's accessible to him, and I'm a pseudo celebrity in that town, fam. I'm not like I'm not saying I'm going to do that and I'm going to like kill somebody, but I'm going to make reckless decisions also at that age. Like I'm I'm not gonna beat him up for this. Like obviously, I don't think he went out there intending to kill somebody. He made a reckless decision. He made a bad, terrible decision. But me coming down and saying, like, well, you need to do better and blah blah, like I get that. He's do you think Henry Ruggs feels bad right now? Like if you if you look at Henry Ruggs' mentions, what do you think those look like? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you do you think that he is right now just like, oh well, I'll get over it. You know, uh, I'll be all right. I'm pretty sure he is hating life right now because he knows what he did to his career. He knows what he did to that woman. He knows what he did to that dog and that woman's family and to his teammates. He knows what he did. He doesn't need everybody on every sports media platform and everybody on Twitter to come to him and say, like, hey, Henry Ruggs, you're an asshole. I don't feel bad for you. Imagine hearing that 100,000 times a day, every day. Like, he knows. How do we help him? That's my thing. Like, I'm not saying the Raiders should help him, but, like, hey, if I'm the Raiders, I'm, like, I'm maybe I'm not releasing him, off, like, off rip, but I'm just like, hey, we're going to get you to rehab. We're going to do something like is there we have to be able to do something. There's got to be some sort of resource available to us as a billion dollar franchise that can help this kid out. I'm not saying he has to play for us for the rest of his life, but let's while he's got a lot of stuff going on right now. Mm-hmm. Let's get him to DUI. Let's get him some help. Let's get him to rehab. Maybe get him a lawyer something to help this guy out. Whether yeah. he plays for us again or not. Yeah, I think that's a little bit more of a trying to distance themselves from their latest story that we talked about uh, on episode, go back and check it out, 74, where John Gruden was out here wiling out against every single community and minority group that you could think of. Uh, check that out, episode 74, Mission on Lips. But yeah, it is kind of crazy. They just kind of cut bait with him like, damn, like they deleted. So there was a picture on their official Instagram. They had a picture of Henry Ruggs Jr. or the third saying, speed kills. With the car emoji, oh. it was it was an old picture, but they definitely went back and deleted that, which I thought was Jesus. funny because like they doubled down on the "I can breathe" picture. Like I think that picture's still up. But, that can't still be up. But they they <laughs> got that they got that Henry Ruggs picture out there really really fast. I was like, all right, I mean, I, I guess, but I mean, it, it is a problem. It, it's clearly a problem. Like you look at the the Josh Gordons of the world. And uh, the Tech Messiah, I keep forgetting this dude's name. He was a, he was a monster out of Oklahoma State. Um, Justin Blackman. Justin Blackman. Yeah. So their alcoholism is is kind of kind of a thing. Like, and it kind of should be addressed better. But again, he had the resources. I'm sure he's been taught this. But overall, yeah, it's sad situation. And hopefully, uh, things uh, work out for the family as well. So. Yeah, I don't want people to try to try to make it seem like I'm dismissing what he did. What he did was obviously terrible, but let's try to advance this and try to help this guy out, help the family out, and let's do something to prevent the next Henry Ruggs. Because like I said, a young guy getting a DUI and killing somebody is not that big a deal in this country. It's really not. It happens way more often than you know about, and you just don't hear about it. 
multiple times a day, and you just don't hear about it because it's not a famous football player. Yeah, that Jerry boy made a point. I've said this as well. Like a lot of people are saying, his career is over. I mean, he's only twenty-two. I mean, he did break his hip, which is kind of important with somebody who relies on speed and explosiveness. Well, I didn't know that. But if if he if he gets if he doesn't go to jail, right? He does an apology tour, donates some money, you know, refurbishes his image. It if he still can display that type of speed and explosiveness, they, I wouldn't doubt him being in the league. Like there's. All kinds of uh, miscreants in the league after they've committed. Yeah, they'll probably be back by twenty twenty five. Still young, and somebody will be here out. Cheap. Yeah. And he's going to want to show he can still play. So they're going to get probably the best version of him they can get at that time. So, and there will be people that will probably protest and complain. But I mean, well, that, well that's here's my thing. I, I know we're going to move on to, to the next thing, but this is why I do not want the NFL involved in like punishments or anything like that. Like obviously. If he goes to jail and does his time or whatever, whatever, I don't think he should be suspended. There's no point. Like, if he is in jail, then let him do his time. Obviously, he can't play. But if he does his time, is off whatever type of punishment, and he is able to, you know, prove himself as a decent player to be in the NFL, he should be allowed to come back and work. I don't like this thing where double jeopardy. Yeah, I don't like this thing where athletes get in trouble and people are just like, well, he shouldn't be able to play in the NFL again. It doesn't that's not how the justice system should work, because if you're a regular person and you get a DUI, does that mean you can never work in your current field again? Like maybe if you're a bus driver, maybe that's different. I get that. But you should be able to work after you get out of serving your time. And I think that's another reason why this country is a little jacked up is because people go to prison. They're not able to learn any skills. They're not able to educate themselves. And then once they get out of prison, People are like, well, why don't you get a job? Well, I'm not qualified to do anything. And now I'm back to doing what I was doing that got me in jail. So it's like, let this guy do his time if he has to do time. And if he still wants to play, he should be able to play. Yep. That is kind of kind of how that, that thing goes. But Okay, they still got John Gruden's picture on here. I'm going oh, to the wow. I'm going to the Raiders Instagram. They got John Gruden still on here, so well he's about to sue sue them, I guess. <laughs> Somebody, but you know, hashtag white privilege. But anywho, kind of sticking on football, um, your man's Marcus's man, um, oh, Aaron Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, oh, Colts fan, Mister <laughs> Immunized, Immunized, Mister Immunized. What a clown, man. No wonder his family hates him. He's clearly a liar. He's selfish. He doesn't care about anybody but himself. He's a diva. Hashtag diva. I've been on this diva train since day one. And he's exposed himself as a real, live, living clown. Like, no, I don't do that. Nah, nah. We're, we're, we're doing it. He never that. said he was vaccinated. Okay, then why was he not abiding? Okay, let's not bury the lead. So for y'all that don't know. <laughs> he said he was immunized. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, to some, is the GOAT quarterback, the greatest arm talent in the league at the age of 37 years old, playing for the Green Bay Packers. Um, he he uh, essentially misled the NFL, right, by not being uh, forthright about his vaccine. He, mis- he, misled, he misled the media. The Green Bay Packers knew his status. Okay, well, that's even worse because Green Bay did nothing to help to make him uh, – Follow any type of COVID protocol. Facts. Case in point. Case in this point. Is, this is the Packers' fault. Huh? This is the Packers' fault. I blame them. 
John, it's all John Rohan. Oh, Rogan's. That's what I think she's saying. Joe Rogan. Yeah, Joe Rogan's a clown. Shout out to Rev. But I mean, shoot. The man, the man's been in all kinds of people's faces, no mask, out here wiling there. He was at a Halloween party with no mask. Also at a Halloween party with no mask and with a very life-like looking gun, which hashtag white privilege. But yeah, he's not, he's not, he's not following any of the rules. He thinks he's above the law, above the rules. And well, the, pack, the Packers people, didn't the Packers didn't enforce those rules. Find them. Take draft picks away. Send the meshes because essentially the reason they did this and the reason that everybody's doing this, especially in the NFL, is for the bottom line, right? The idea was like, hey man, if you guys are missing games because people aren't vaccinated, you guys are not getting to make them up and you're losing money. Like they're trying to keep this ship sailing, and the way to do that is to keep people not having COVID. Right. And the way to do that is to either A, be vaccinated or B, be unvaccinated, but maintain your COVID protocols, which it doesn't seem like he is. Right. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that GA boy made a point. Uh, they were trying to get at Rodgers a little softer than they were Kyrie. Um, your man's uh, Stephen A. Smith was. One of the biggest fucking frauds doing this shit. He definitely does not keep that same energy. But um, let's see. Teddy Patrick, shout out to you. He said, I have a hard time with the NFL. Didn't know as well. He put them in for an exemption. It was denied. I, yeah, that, that's another good point. But it's I, I don't think it's the NFL's job. Like, I, As far as the NFL is concerned, I think that their ideology was like, hey, your claim has been denied. Now your organization needs to enforce COVID protocol. Like we're all in the loop. We're relying on you guys as a professional organization to follow the rules like the other 31 teams. And they're not. So, again, I feel like there should be some punishment, you know, kind of dealt out to, to the organization as well. And like even yeah, especially other- for the Halloween pictures with the he didn't give a damn. He wasn't wearing no mask, man. Yeah. yeah. And, Come and down, people, take a draft pick from him. Yeah. And a lot of people and somebody made a good point on Twitter. It's not my original point, but they're like, hey. You know, for what it's worth, you know, even though like Lamar Jackson or Cole Beasley or Kyrie don't want to get vaccinated, at least they're they're honest and stand behind their, their stance. They didn't try to mislead anybody. They're, they're out, out front about it. Like, hey, this is what I think. This is how I feel. I'm not going to do it. They're not saying I'm immunized or whatever and trying to mislead people. Right. And then also, to I guess, to Cole Beasley who was getting packed up on Twitter for quite some time about his vaccination status. Nice. It seems like he actually is doing what he needs to do not to be sick. Like he clearly has not caught COVID. He's made a made a point to let it be known, like, hey, I'm not vaccinated, but you see all these other people getting COVID. But it seems like he's probably actually staying at home, washing his hands, not being other people's faces, like being a, a, a decent human being. So if I had some ill words for you, then you know I would take those back. Or maybe you're just lucky. But I'm gonna assume you're doing what you're supposed to do because again, if you're that afraid of the vaccine. You're you're doing your due diligence not to not to expose other people. So I can I can respect that. Aaron Rodgers did unacceptable. This just goes to show that Aaron Rodgers was right about the Green Bay Packers being a terrible organization, an organization that lacks leadership, and an organization that doesn't have a backbone. Because Aaron Rodgers is clearly allowed to do whatever he wants and run amok, and the Green Bay Packers allowed him to do that. So it's not Aaron Rodgers' fault. If I'm Aaron Rodgers and I don't want to get vaccinated and I don't want to wear a mask and my boss says, you know what, don't wear a mask, guess what I'm not going to do? Wear a mask. You know whose fault that is? It's Aaron Rodgers' fault. But it's also 
the boss's fault, the Packers' fault as an organization for enabling Aaron Rodgers' behavior. So to put this all on Aaron Rodgers seems a bit much. And uh, and honestly, Aaron Rodgers is a victim here. Like Aaron Rodgers put himself at risk because the Green Bay Packers wouldn't protect him. It's on the organization to protect these players. So find the Green Bay Packers. They're going to take all the Green Bay Packers draft picks and find them all this money, and then Aaron Rodgers is going to leave. So it's all part of his plan. He knows what he's doing. It's a, it's chess. It's chess, not checkers. Because when Aaron Rodgers undoubtedly leaves this trash of an organization that he has carried to a 7-1 record, and they lose all their draft picks because they allowed him to do whatever he wanted unvaccinated, then Aaron Rodgers will prove himself to be right, and he will go on to another team, probably Denver, and uh, win a championship there. So his words are on the Pat McAfee show on Series. Oh God, I feel so I feel so bad for Pat McAfee. He said, so "Look, I'm not you know some sort of anti-vax flat earther. I'm someone who's a critical thinker. <laughs> I believe strongly in body autonomy and the ability to make choices for your body, not to acquiesce to some woke culture or crazed group of individuals." <laughs> You say you have to do something. Health is not a one-size-fits-all for everybody. Going to pause right there. This man said <clears throat> not to acquiesce to some woke culture or crazed group of individuals who say you have to do something. So we're, we're going to call virologists, <laughs> doctors, and medical professionals crazed people. Like... Uh, we gotta, ah, oh, man. Again, this this is where this goes back to the whole like, hey, man, you have to, you have to appreciate people for what they do and not what comes out of their mouth. Like Aaron Rodgers is a football player, we should accept that. Hey, he does great things on the field. Outside of that, hey, man, don't don't worry about it because he, he's clearly a clown show. And like and that, that makes that makes absolutely no sense, right? Health is not a one size fits all for everybody. Uh, I I feel like when. Uh, like, you know, when you break your leg, going to a doctor is probably the best thing to do, right? Yeah. Like, um, maybe when you have strep throat, I feel like going to the doctor to get some antibiotics is the best thing to do, right? Hey, when you have a loose tooth or you have your a cavity, I feel like going to a dentist who's also technically a doctor is the best thing to do. Like, I, I hate these people that try to try to form their narrative or pigeonhole their narrative when, when it meets their, their best interests, right? And again, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Aaron Rodgers has been vaccinated before. I'm pretty sure he's gotten the flu shot at some point in his life. You know what I'm saying? Like, just stop it. Like, stop perpetuating the nonsense because you say this and then all the Twitter eggs and all the trolls and all the neckbeard people you up. use this as, as the gospel. And, and you're just making things worse. Like, we are trying to get out of the Panamera and you come out here with this bullshit, and you clearly catch the virus. So whatever you thought you were doing was not working. You know what I'm saying? Like you've done all this research and yada yada yada, and you still got it. Like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I, I, I will say I didn't. I, I'm. I feel bad for Pat McAfee because I just don't think. Uh, I'm not not saying that Pat is an idiot. Like he's a smart guy, but some of the things that Aaron Rodgers was saying. Pat McAfee is not going to challenge him on a lot of that stuff. He's not going to push back on that. He's not going to be like, okay, where did you hear that? What kind of research are you doing? Let me let me have one of my 17 producers that I have on my show look up what you said to verify if it's true. And a lot of that stuff Aaron Rodgers said on Pat McAfee's show was blatantly false. 
and Pat McAfee either didn't want to challenge him or couldn't challenge him. And it's just like, you know, you, you do these like media members, they, they can only go so far because they want to keep these relationships with these players. Cause Aaron Rodgers isn't doing a weekly show with anybody else, but Pat McAfee. That's probably his biggest show. That's his biggest get that probably gets the most views on his channel. So it's like, Hey, I can't mess this up by really, you know, going in on Aaron Rodgers right here. So he's probably just going, Hey, you know, I'm just going to let him speak his piece and then be done with it. But it's like Aaron Rodgers is spewing false information about the pandemic, the vaccine, about COVID, all these things. And it just looks bad for everybody. So uh, Rev had a good point. He did have a whole partnership with a medical health group called Previa Health. Um, in a statement, Previa Health says, Previa Health remains deeply committed to protecting its patients, staffs, providers, and communities amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. This includes encouraging and helping all eligible populations be vaccinated against COVID-19 to prevent the virus from further significantly impacting lives and livelihoods. As, uh, yeah, as they, you know, stop the relationship, blah, blah, blah. As one of the most respected athletes in the country, Aaron is truly passionate about improving the health and wellness of our communities. Um, yeah, this was, I guess, four years ago. So now they're taking, taking their, I guess, ending their relationship because he clearly does not have the same values as they do. And, and it's, it's unfortunate, man, that, that these people with access, like this man has access to testing. He has access to the vaccine. I know it's available, more widely available, but there are people that initially didn't have the access that the Aaron Rodgers or the Kyrie's of the world have. And for you to, you know, sit in your privilege and turn your nose up to when there are people, hundreds of thousands, millions of people dying from this, it's, it's very, very disheartening. But again, this is why you should not, you know, worship celebrities or athletes, because again, they're, they're people that are flawed or people that are ignorant or people that, we're just out to lunch. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's definitely, uh, definitely been knocked down a notch, but, you know, he'll tweet through it and there'll be somebody else next week. So maybe, maybe shut up and dribble wasn't that bad. Maybe, maybe it wasn't that bad. Maybe on certain things, it's like, and it, it, it's, it's funny that uh, professional athletes do get upset about that, but let a, uh, let a columnist, columnist that has never played basketball rank you know steph curry over kobe bryant and then all of a sudden all these basketball players going to come out there and be like oh what do you know about playing basketball you've never played basketball what do you know you shouldn't you're not qualified to talk about basketball but when doctors tell you hey unless you're allergic to any of these things or have any you know whatever medical conditions you should take one of these vaccines they're just like nah i'm gonna do my own research it's, it's just we're talking out of both sides of our mouth like Either, either, like, what are we doing? We're never going to get out of this, ever. Yeah, actually, funny story about uh, COVID. So when I went to see the movie yesterday, um, I'm fully vaccinated. If I wear a wristband, that says vaccinated. But <clears throat> got to sit in the movie, got to watching it. I had me a little icy, a little blue icy and some popcorn. And, like, as I was eating the popcorn, like, I began to choke multiple times. And I was I was hacking like <laughs> like choking like I was like damn man these people think I got COVID I'll be here dying like like that one meme of the white kid in clash I'm like hold his breath I'm like all the veins are like coming out of his neck that's how I felt like damn man like I really I really like a whole goon out here just coughing everywhere man like I was really choking like if you was in the movie theater and you heard somebody like hacking their lungs out it was not COVID I was choking on popcorn kernels it was terrible I, I had like a half a bag of popcorn left. 
I stopped eating it. I was terrified that I would start choking again and that I would be kicked out of the theater for spreading COVID. So, yeah, you know, sometimes you got to make sacrifices. Let us see. But, yeah, um, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a clown. I hope they lose every game after this. <laughs> Just saw some hater shit. But real quick, let's let's jump into on the Ave real quick while, uh, while we move to the next topic. So, if you've listened on the Ave is a segment where you can shoot in your own topic. So we just kind of talk about some some random stuff going on with our life. If you've been listening the last couple of weeks, um, I've been on this first forty eight kick. Like first forty eight is the best and worst show of all time. Um, it low key makes me like never wanting to leave the house because people are super crazy. But one story I saw that was pretty interesting kind of ties in with the, the Henry Ruggs situation. Um, there's a dude in Nevada who uh, it's it's a it's a pretty wild story, but the long and the short is uh, I, I'll read this. After his sixth wife was found dead in the couple's Northwest Valley home, Randolph told the Metropolitan Police Department investigators that he noticed a man in a black ski mask after finding his wife shot in the head May 2008. Uh, he brushed up against the man and shot him five times. Right. Um, so this dude clearly, clearly has an issue, but the, the reason that he actually went to jail now, uh, where's the line at Randolph now 65 was convicted in 2017 of two counts of first degree murder with a deadly weapon and one count of conspiracy to get mur- commit murder in 2008 of his wife, Sharon. <clears throat> and the man prosecutor said he hired to kill her, Michael James Miller. So this dude hired a hitman to kill his wife and then killed the hitman after the hitman killed his wife. And I was like, objectively, that's not a horrible plan if it didn't involve like killing real people. Like this is the movie plot. But I was like, oh, that's lit. Like you're kind of smart. Like get rid of all the evidence. But like these are just like real people like, yo, bro, like I'm gonna have my wife killed. Like and then I'm gonna kill the hitman. Like, Where do you even find a hitman at? Does anybody? Well, if you if you know, please don't tell me because I don't want the feds tapping my my computer. But like, that's crazy. Like, yo, bro, I found a local bar and this dude put me on this hitman, bro. It's lit. Like, what? Makes no sense. Makes makes no sense. Yes, Rev. I wasn't trying to mess up the vibes. I I, I was trying to enjoy popcorn. Rev says I was fucking up the vibes, choking during the good parts. It was quite early in the movie. Um, as I was savaging the popcorn and a couple of kernels got stuck. I don't know what to do. Like it happens. It's it's a hard life out here. But anywho, don't watch first 48, watch it. It's it's a ridiculous show. Um definitely uh opens your eyes on how crazy people in, in this world can be. But uh let's see, we'll transition to crazy. Some people would frame it. There's a big uh there's a big podcast this weekend. Very big podcast. I don't know if we'll get into all of the details. We might have to do two parts in this. Um, actually, we'll we'll wrap with that. Let's let's backtrack a little bit. Sticking with rap. Um, apparently, your boy Travis Scott. Oh, oh man. Yes. So New York Times headline: Astro Live, Astro Land. Damn, I can't talk. Astro World Live <laughs> updates. Crowd surges at Travis Scott concert leaves at least eight dead. 
And you're like, huh? At a concert, people are dying. Like we're dying from the pandemic inside, and then we go outside and we're, we're dying at concerts. We want to enjoy ourselves. So um, this is probably more of a KJ topic, but Travis got from Texas. He holds a festival called Asheroll that is very popular. Um, but yeah, so they said there were fifty thousand people there, which is pretty cool. Um, friend to make that draw, but apparently, let's see, what, what did they say happened? So it's saying at least eight people were killed, ranging from the ages 14 to 27. That's a wild age range, first and foremost. Dozens more were injured at a music festival in Houston on Friday night after a large crowd began pushing towards the front of the stage. City officials said at the news concert this afternoon, the crowd surged and were promised by tra rapper Travis Scott caused some panic and started causing some injuries. The city's fire chief, Samuel Pena, and Saturday, said Saturday morning, the concert was part of Asheville Music Festival, two-day event, blah, 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 blah. Dude said it was like hell. Everybody was just trying, just in the back, trying to rush to the front. Um, I'll never understand that, man. Like, y'all are, are paying to go to a concert, right? And you guys are performing the concert like Travis Scott. And I think sometimes they try to do like, you know, surprise, like pop up or start performing to, to have that, I guess, that energy or create that moment where like, oh, shit, everybody's rushing the stage is lit. But you got to understand that like these kids, and I saw some of the videos, literally will do anything from the gram, even if that means endangering their lives and the lives of others. Like for, for what reason? And, and I think it's one of those things that you see, like even at college games, like when they, they storm the field and rush the field. People see it on TV and they get that idea like, hey, they can't stop all of us. We're all just going to rush in regardless of the consequences. Like, imagine being trampled to death, right? Imagine being trampled to death to the soundtrack of Sicko Mode. Like, come on. Imagine losing your life because people were in a rush to see Travis Scott. Like, not not Drake. Like, not It Prince. was Drake, too. Okay. Well, not Michael Jackson. Like, Travis Scott. Is it that serious? Like it's it's and the people that were running, like they were just doing it just to do it. Like they would get past the bear and they weren't even like really running. They were like kind of jogging, like, yo, are y'all trying to be lit or not? Is this important or not? Or you just want to be lit going through the thing, just say you did it. Right. And, and it's really unfortunate that people had to lose their lives over this. Um I heard reports that I guess he was still performing while this was happening. Um, 300 people had to go to a field hospital. So there's a lot of injuries along with the deaths. And, and this is all being investigated. But they say this appears to be one of the deadliest crowd control disasters at a concert since probably 1979, where, let's see, 11 people were dead after people outside were trying to see who in Cincinnati. Um, shit, 2010, 21 people died. At EDM festival, yeah, this is this is crazy. I guess they said Travis Scott took pauses to point out to the crowd, like, "Hey, go help them. They're passed out." There's a lot of there's a lot of videos of this of this situation that look bad for Travis Scott. There's a couple that look pretty bad for him. There's a couple that look bad on his uh, on Kylie Jenner. I guess Kylie Jenner was at the the Astro Fest, whatever. And she put on her Instagram stories like a, a view of the crowd from where she was sitting at. And in the Instagram story, you could see the ambulances trying to get through through the crowd of people 
And like she had to immediately delete the Instagram story because that looks terrible. Like it's a sea of people in the stage and you see a, an ambulance in the middle of all that trying to get through. You see kids standing on top of the ambulances. You see uh, people passed out in front of Travis Scott where he can clearly see them. And he's just like doing the robot. You know what I'm saying? And there was a couple a couple videos I saw where a kid is like standing up and he's yelling like, hey, you got to stop doing this. Like stop the show, stop the show. And you can hear in the background Travis Scott saying like, who's this guy over there? Tell him to sit down or whatever. And it's just like, I don't know. Like when I first heard about this, I was like, man, I, I feel I feel bad for Travis Scott because it's just like you're just up there performing. You and he had he draws a huge crowd. So I'm just like, he obviously didn't know what was going on. He couldn't have seen what was happening in that crowd. He obviously, you know, was either blinded by the lights or couldn't hear anything, or these incidences were happening so far away that he was unable to see, so it looks bad on him. But some of the videos I saw it makes it look like maybe he did see some of these things. These things were in his uh, his his field of visions where he could have seen them or he could have heard about it. And it's just like the person, the people that are most to blame are these fans. Like these, these kids, the social, and I, I sound like someone's grandpa, but these damn kids and their Instagram trying to get their likes and followers up and all this stuff are just doing way too much. You know, like, like you said, they're not doing this. They're not doing this for Drake. They're not doing this for Taylor Swift. They're not doing this for Beyonce or Kanye West. They're doing it for Travis Scott. Uh, they're probably doing it for like Lil Uzi Vert or Trippy Red or uh, any of these other really young up and coming SoundCloud artists. And it's just like the social media era is a, just a little bit more dangerous. And I tweeted a few days ago before this this Astrofest even happened. I asked because uh, I tweeted it on Friday because Travis Scott dropped two two new songs. I listened to the songs. The songs aren't bad. You didn't even know that happened. <laughs> yeah, but but I listened to them and I was just like. Am I too old for this guy? And like, am I too old for Travis Scott now? Have I aged out of liking his music? And then I see the concert, I see the people there, and I see how they're behaving. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I have. I'm too old for this. Like, when I go to a concert, I don't want to be on the floor, like how they have it there. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember the 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 uh, Life of Pablo tour that Kanye West had, where he had the floating stage and he had people on the ground. No, not for me. I need an assigned seat. I need to be able to sit down and know that, hey, this is my spot. So no matter what happens, this is my space. I don't want to have to fight to get to the front of the stage like it is at these these uh, super popular rappers. Like I just, I'm I'm too old for that. I'm sorry. Like the the songs aren't bad. Travis Scott is a great artist. I, I love uh, Birds and Trap Scene. Brian Knack. I, I love. Days after rodeo, I love all of this stuff he's done with Kanye West and Big Sean, and 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 uh, I even like the stuff he did with uh, Quavo. I like that stuff too. I am never going to a Travis Scott concert. Believe that. I am way too young. Unless they got assigned seating where I can sit down, <laughs> I'm not going to see Travis Scott. I'm sorry, I can't do it. My knees are too bad. Yeah, and there's also reports uh, that the, that J boy was saying that I guess somebody was injecting drugs into people. Like, oh my god! You know what? <laughs> the thing like, like, like that Call of Duty shit where you <laughs> you heal yourself with adrenaline or whatever. Start going berserk on people. The thing is, it's not even like a surprising thing. If someone told me that that was true at a Travis Scott concert, I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. I think this is crazy. Let me see. I saw a video of a dude throwing water or something like that in the crowd, and he proceeded to get his ass beat by 
some Asian Incredible Hulk looking guy. I was like, yeah, oh God, right. Over some water? He threw like a water bottle. He threw some Red Bull. Oh, yeah, no, no, he was recording it though. He was doing it for Cloud. Like, oh, watch this. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. If you get that ass. <laughs> Take that to your lawyer. <laughs> Hopefully, you get your medical bills paid, I guess. But I, like, I don't know. Like, there, something has to be done. It's on a serious note as far as these concerts with these these kids. Like Travis Scott knows the kind the kind of crowds that he's he's getting. Uh, Uzi Vert knows the kind of crowds he's getting. The venues that are booking Travis Scott, they know what type of people are coming to see them. They need to either limit the amount of floor seats, you know, like the 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 floor section area. They need to limit those seats, or they need to like really get a good look at these people when they're coming in like hey let me are your eyes dilated is your voice slurring already do you smell like percocets or whatever like i don't know search their pockets it's something because like you, like everybody can't get in i'm sorry like it seems like they're trying to let as many people as possible into these concerts that's just just dangerous man it just doesn't look good for anybody for travis for the fans for uh, for the venues, for security, for the amount of EMTs that were there, for the amount of EM- EMTs that didn't seem to be prepared for this, and it's just like, man, this is bad. So it's saying, according to uh, Mirror.co.uk, um, <clears throat> and during the press conference on Saturday, Houston Leaf Chief Troy Finner told the press that a member of security passed out of the festival after. Appearing to be injected in the neck by a concert goer. Oh my God! One of the narratives was that some individual was injecting other people with drugs. We do have a report of a security officer, according to medical staff, that was out and treated him last night. Um, let's see. He was reaching over to restrain or grab a citizen and felt a prick in his neck. He went unconscious, and they administered Narcan. He was revived. The medical staff noticed a prick similar to the prick you would get if someone was trying to inject you. That is insane. That is that is insane. Really? That is That's insane. So even more insane. And I think a rev she tweeted this out. Right? I was talking to her about this on a tweet, but somebody was trying to be like, because I guess there was a ten year old that was in, injured at this concert, and somebody tweeted out like, "Oh, y'all was trying to say y'all weren't around ten years old going to concerts," and everybody was like, "No, <laughs> like what are you talking about?" Why Not to those kinds of concerts. Why is a 10-year-old at a Travis Scott concert where you know there's going to be all types of anarchy, drugs, probably some lewd sex acts going on, marijuana smoke everywhere? Like, why would you bring a 10-year-old to that? Yeah, I'm not going to be arrested, first of all. <laughs> Her parents should be arrested, too. That's, that's negligence. Yep. Negligence. I'm not, I'm not going to judge... Uh, I'm not going to judge pe- people for bringing their kids to concerts because last week, like I said, when I went to that her concert, I saw plenty of young kids like under 10 there. But this is different. You know what you're like. The person that brought that 10 year old to that Travis Scott concert knew what they were bringing that kid into. They knew they weren't coming in to see some, you know, uh, uh, perfect, not even, I don't want to say a professional show as if Travis Scott is unprofessional, but you know how their fans are. This is a rowdy, ruckus, young crowd. A young crowd that doesn't seem to care about anything. And you're bringing a 10-year-old into that environment. Like, it's one thing to bring your kid to go see her. 
because her is going to stay on the stage, do her songs. It might be a little loud. She might be out a little bit late, but no one's going to be fighting at a her concert. Nobody's going to be fighting at a Drake concert. They're not fighting at all these concerts. Like if you, like, would you take your, would you take your ten year old to go see, uh, like Lil Scrappy in two thousand four? Because that's a terrible idea too. Wow, There's, you just got to know the know your artist, okay? Like listen to a song. You know what I'm saying? Don't go. Don't take your eight year old to go see Crime Mob in two thousand six. Don't take him to go see uh, Lil John and the East Side Boys in nineteen ninety eight. There's there's a certain thing like in taking taking a child <laughs> to a Travis Scott concert in 2021 is a terrible idea. Terrible. This shit is crazy. I'm looking at a video. People really jumping on car security personnel when they're trying to get unconscious people in the crowd. Like again, it's all about trying to be lit. Like they're only doing it. Like I've said this before. The internet was a mistake. Social media was a mistake. They're literally only doing it for the fucking gram while somebody's probably dying or seeking medical help. Like, <laughs> wow. Oh that, <laughs> that shit, boy, is a savage. That sick. I do <laughs> I, You know what? I'm not even going to Go on YouTube if you want to see what that mean <laughs> boy said. He's out of control. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, come on, man. Like, the, the grandma's the grandma's disease, man. Like, it's 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 sad, man. And uh, you know what? We'll throw in a side topic that I didn't even have on the list, but we didn't talk about this. But let's talk about the metaverse real quick, since we're on social media, right? Oh, if you saw um, your man's uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Mark he's yeah. trying to uh, try to do things, the same thing the Raiders are doing, trying to you know put some fires out. You know, what I'm saying throw some smoke screens as they have a scandal, as they had mad whistleblowers coming out saying that Facebook was uh, allowing kind of rage to be fomenting on their site. Um, there's pretty much like data that would show like, hey, stuff that had like angry faces will be pushed to the top of the feed because it drove more interaction, which makes them more money from advertisement or whatever. But <clears throat> so they decided to change their company name to the metaverse, uh, not I guess actual Facebook, but just the overall company like their uh, their NASDAQ ticker for this, for their stock or whatever for the company. Um, but I guess this idea is that they want to What up, Jazz? But yeah, the, the idea is that they want to move into this metaverse, which is like not really a new concept. It's kind of just like um, kind of like avatars. Like, you know, you go on your Xbox, your PlayStation, you have your little characters you have, or even on your phone, you can make like your, your Abbeys or whatever, um, just customized to you. I guess he wants to make it a place where you can like hang out with your family and friends and do activities, like maybe kind of like the the Wii, like Wii bowling and stuff like that. It's that maybe do it across the net, hold meetings, all that kind of stuff. And the first thing that I thought about, and I tweeted this out, was that like, and you know what, Rev, you're part of this. I've seen you, I've seen you participate in these in these uh these games. Um, but like I see what y'all did to the Sims, right? Oh like, Lord. I already know the metaverse is about to be a fucking cesspool. Disgusting. Like, yeah, man. But I, I don't even want to say what I was just thinking, but like the metaverse along with social media is a terrible idea. It is a mistake. Do not enter the metaverse. But I did see a tweet that if this does become a thing in the future, I've already determined that I'm going to become a uh, metaverse megachurch pastor mm. and I am going to preach to the masses 
for Bitcoin and a small amount of cash. So I'm going to start my metaverse church as soon as I get, you know, log back in and get get the, the OK. And I'm, I'm being metaverse megachurch pastor. It's going to be lit. And then I'm also going to sell real estate in the metaverse. That's the tweet I saw. I'm just going to steal it as my own idea. But like if people are buying NFTs, why can't I sell metaverse real estate? You know what I'm saying? Like, why, why can't I do that? Why can't I sell fake real estate if they can sell like pictures and shit for money? Somebody's going to do it. It's going to be hilarious because like, you're just like, yo, I really could have done this. Like, I really could have sold you fake real estate on the internet and you would have paid millions of dollars for it. That's crazy. But yeah, man, metaverse, mega church pastor. That's that's my future goal. Once the metaverse is popping, um, we'll have services on Wednesdays, Sundays, <laughs> and a Saturday evening prayer prayer group. So that's that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, you know what? This brings me to something that I want to say about my own dad thing. So earlier in the week, I was, for the first time ever, banned from the metaverse. Like, okay. I had never been in the metaverse jail. So it's almost like I'm like an intergalactic thug right now. Like, that's how I'm coming through. All I said to get put in jail was, I said, I think you hating, dog. And then <laughs> they put me in jail for 24 hours for saying... I think you hating dog. Like, really, dude? Obviously, the metaverse is not for black people. Black people, watch your back. You know what I'm saying? I heard that there's a new app by, I think it's called, shit, I don't know. But the fan base, fan base. Black people, let's let's light up fan base. You know, we tried to hop on Gitter. We hop on every app. Let's go on and blow up. Fan base is black owned, and that way we can't get suspended for saying black things. Like, I've been suspended for saying nigga, just all kind of stuff, man. It, it's pathetic. Dog, really? That's crazy. What was that? What was that uh, social media platform you said? The new one? What's the new one? It's called Fan Base. I think I had the app on my phone. I deleted it though, but see, my what, I, what I'm hoping for is I'm hoping that like some other social media platform kind of takes off and all these advertisers and weird people get off of Twitter and Twitter goes back to what it used to be, but it could just kind of be just regular, you know what I'm saying? And we don't have to deal with all the nonsense on there. And like, it's, I don't know. I mean, I guess it sounds old too, but like, yeah, I've seen you know what, but no, no, but you're telling the truth because some people that listen to this podcast may not have been in tune, but if you were around for Oh nine Twitter and 11 through 14 Twitter, Twitter was a completely different beast. Like, it wasn't nothing for you to have viral tweets. It wasn't nothing for you to have celebrities to follow you. Just all kind of stuff. If you were on back then, like, it was all love. It wasn't filled with, like, you know, all the ads and all the spam and the tweet decks and the tweet groups and stuff like that. It was just, you know, if you was funny, you didn't have to worry about somebody copying your joke and <clears throat> You get three likes to their thousand and stuff like that. Because I see it all the time. I've seen it with y'all. I've seen y'all post something. And I think, Marcus, this past week, you posted something that kind of blew up. And then I seen somebody else like post the same thing. It was just yeah. like a minor tweak to it. No, I see. I they, Well, Twitter, well, I don't want to get into that. What was I going to say? My, uh, I remember when Twitter, you only get like, what was it, like 30 or 40 characters at a time? Like your tweets couldn't be that long. And there used to be a thing, it, it was called uh, Follow Fridays, where you would tweet out, hey, everybody follow this account. 
and everybody would go follow them. It was like it wasn't nothing to like follow people. Then now you get on Twitter and you see someone that has twenty thousand followers, but they're only following five people. And I'm like, what? Like, how is this possible? What? Did, how did you do this? And so, like, I looked at if you look at like the settings on Twitter, there's an option where you can monetize. Uh, your Twitter account, which basically means like you can make money off it by doing uh, live spaces or you can do spaces that you have to pay tickets to, to get into or you have super followers to where people uh, can pay to get exclusive content for you or whatever. So I was like, OK, I didn't really I still don't really understand it. So I was like, all right, let me see if I can sign up to do this. Like, Let me see if I can like do this with my Twitter account. And it says, you know, you can click a button. It'll ask you, okay, let's see if you qualify. And it's like, oh, you have to have, you have to tweet this amount of times a day. You have to have whatever, whatever. And then it says you have to have at least a thousand or 10,000 followers for either one. So I'm like, wait a second. I only have like under 250 followers. And if I have a viral tweet that's blown up, I can't make money off of it. But someone sent me an Instagram post from some kind of uh instagram that has like three million followers post my tweet on their page and they're able to get the likes and the views and monetize their page but i can't because i don't have enough followers so it's kind of like stuff like that is kind of annoying where they just they look at your follower count and kind of push that like that's your value you know what i'm saying like yeah maybe i have under under 250 followers but that doesn't mean I shouldn't be able to monetize my account also, especially if people, if other people are able to, you know, monetize off of my small ass account that wasn't this small, but until I got suspended. Well, the thing is that the whole, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't mind following people, but it, it's, it's one of those things where like, I get it because people in the Twitter world, I tweeted this out before, like Twitter, Twitter is kind of the metaverse. Twitter is Westworld. You can literally come on Twitter and be whoever you want to be until you get exposed pretty much. But, um, yeah, people really some people really take a lot of stock into their their followers, right? Into their ratios. Like because on Twitter, I'm the man because I have, you know, 10,000 followers, I only follow 300 people or whatever. Um shout out to the the homie uh fuck. It's the homie I can't remember his name. Uh, Aristotle Aristotle um Alexis. Yeah. Yeah, Alexis. Mr. Alexis. Yeah, Mr. Alexis. Alexis. He, he he gave you some good advice. He's like, "Yeah, man, he just he literally just follows anybody that interacts with him and just. This timeline has to be a mess, though. He follows like 16,000 people. I'm like, it's got to be a mess. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too. Like, I think the idea of having a lot of followers is cool. But yeah, low key, it is kind of annoying because you don't get to actually see the people that you rock with. I know there's like filters and stuff to kind of mitigate that. But please turn those on. There's the idea of having 100,000 followers is cool if you're like really trying to sell something, but at that point you can't really just be on Twitter because everything you say is gonna be be a thing, even if it's not a thing. Yeah, like I I guess like out of everybody of us three, I probably have the most followers. Uh, mine has been as high as nine thousand. I'm at about sixty five hundred, and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Like, first of all, I got trapped in the Nigeria Twitter. I got into anime Twitter, K-pop Twitter, uh, black Twitter, the the real black Twitter. Like I'm just in every subset of Twitter, and it's like sometimes, man, I just 
I want to see what Schizo Bang is doing. You know what I'm saying? That's the homie. I want to see what um, Rev's doing. I want to see what you guys are doing. And it's so annoying. I have to like, first of all, I think Marcus is like shadow banned anyway, because I have to like type in his whole act to pull him up. Like, even though I talk to him all the time, I just can't put at underscore M-A-R, whatever the case may be. I have to type in the whole name to find him. And that stuff just gets so annoying. Like, if I could, I wish I could just get my best 1,000, get it to that point, and go forward because it sucks. Yeah, and, and, and I guess this is a, we're going to complain about Twitter. Uh, I don't want to see what I missed. If I missed it, I missed it. Show me what's going on right now. Like, I don't need to see what was tweeted six hours ago. And the same with Instagram. I don't want to open up Instagram and see what was posted three days ago. Like, I want to see what is posted right now. It's it's yeah. annoying to have to, to deal with that. It's like- and you know what else, to, to piggyback on that, on mine, they now, like, suggest tweets to me. I was going to say that, too. Yeah. <laughs> don't so, like, semi-viral. Sometimes they don't have a lot of people. They just have, like, 50 likes, and they'll be like, yeah, suggested for you. And it's like, the fuck? Nah, so... <clears throat> Again, I am I'm obviously a Falcons hater and a Bears fan, the Justin Fields stand. So like I, I noticed that I would like a couple of Justin Fields related tweets or videos. And now my timeline is flooded with like suggestions for, for bear stuff. I'm like, I, I okay. Like, yeah, I, I liked a couple of tweets, but I'm I'm not a I'm not a Bears fan. Like I care, but I don't care this much. Like I care well, that's enough. That's how I have Atlanta, bro. Like oh my oh my God, I got Atlanta. Atlanta runs like now that I've got it. Atlanta runs my freaking timeline. Like anything that has to do with Atlanta is gonna pop up. Shout out to all Black Coop. I've been kind of on yes lately, but you know, I don't congratulations never either. Like hmm? that's crazy. Well, I would there's there's a there's a feature on uh, Twitter that you can go to people's accounts and you can turn their retweets off. Because there's some oh, people that just great. they just retweet everything, like every <laughs> notification they get, they just retweet everything. And I'm like, all right, babe, I mean, that's me, me, but, yeah, but, I was about to, I'm about to get to you in a second. So like, <laughs> so I turned up, I turned like I have a lot of people's retweets turned off because it's like, like I get it, you get a, a mention and you just retweet everything. And I, I'm not saying I don't do it either, but some people do it for every mention they get, they just retweet it. So I'm like, all right, Bro, I'm, I'm gonna see, gonna lie, and I ain't gonna shout them out. But there's a person that, like, he retweets at least 50% of my content, and I don't know who this person is. <laughs> I've never, like, he just, I, I'm going to see him in the race car flags every time, like, every time, every day, multiple times a day, so-and-so retweeted you. And I'm like, damn, is he, like, a friend of the podcast? Or do I know this dude? Or, who knows? Who, might be a butt. Yeah, who, but- who are you? But, but that's all he does. Like I went to his page. <laughs> I was like, you know oh, what? This person shows so much love. I'm gonna make sure that I retweet some of their stuff. Cause I'll do that. Now that's a bot. But either I'll either way, it. so you can so you can turn off you can turn off these people's retweets. And so it's like, all right, so now my timeline isn't flooded with everything that they retweet. But but what Twitter decides to do is instead of showing you everything that that person retweets, they show you everything that they like. So there's certain people like South Breeze who retweet and like everything. Like if you re- if he <laughs> if he retweets it, he's going to like it also. So not only do I have to like, I, can I turn off people's likes? 
Because I don't want to see some of the stuff like yeah. I don't I don't want to see the stuff that Los is liking on my timeline. <laughs> like keep that shit private. I don't want to see it. Look, I, <laughs> for me, I like the so when I retweet people's stuff, it's just kind of more of acknowledgement that I saw it. Yeah. But also too, I'm trying to you know get the conversation started. I put it out there so like, hey, they said this. It's it's more of like an alley oop to the timeline, and you just retweet it. Just retweeted that. Don't like it. Just it's a compulsion. It. It's it's like, just stop it. Like, yeah, I do that too. Like if you talk to me, bang, I'm gonna retweet really like whatever <laughs> you say. No, yeah. but if it's like one of those if things, where it's like, bang, then I'll be like, nah. But if I don't retweet it, then I, I probably have a problem with you. Nah, like, if, 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 I don't if the conversation, that, I'm like, eh, I'm ignoring you, bro. If, if I feel like the conversation has reached like its end point, and I don't have anything else to say, I'm just gonna retweet the last thing you said to kind of like, no, all right, I'm the opposite. I would just like the last. thing. Yeah, that's what I do. I like it. Well, can you stop? Can you just stop? Can you just retweet it so I can I turn your retweets off? I'm tired of seeing everybody's I, I likes. I hope my likes aren't being monitored because I know I'd be wilding sometimes. That's I've gotten the, a lot better, see, but see that G, that GA board. That's what the bookmarks are for. You guys need to start bookmarking these things. We can't I see those bookmark for sure. I don't if you bookmark if anything, you, I'm just saying I'm, I'm keeping the conversation moving. I'm curating you're content. Not, on you're my flooding body. my timeline. Follow <laughs> more people. Like, <laughs> Bro, I swear, I do see you, like, often. Everything. And it'll be like you like something, you retweeted something. I'm like, damn, this nigga don't be talking to nobody. Like, Go through his likes, man. Go through his likes. There's so many likes on there. It's ridiculous. Damn, that's crazy. I've been exposed. It, 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 if I could, but that's the, that's the annoying part. It's like, all right, cool. I can turn off the retweets, but you're going to show me the likes now? Like, come on, dog. Like, what are we doing? Turn them both off. KJ, show us your bookmarks, bro. I be seeing Rev stuff a lot. I see y'all's a lot. Damn. Man, it, it's crazy. Retweets and likes. It is crazy. Well, it's, it's this other girl, the Schizo Bang. Shout out to you. Damn. I, I'm not exposing you. It is what it is. You're a fine young lady, and, you know, I don't know. But she be liking all kind of stuff. Including the twerk stuff and the large women with the big butts and stuff like that. And I'm just like, bruh, like, god damn, like y'all ain't gotta show me all this. This is weird. Keep keep the likes private. Look, I will do a better job. I will I will stop my my compulsion. That GA boy, there's there's clinics. We can get you help, my brother. You don't have to live like this. This man said, "My dick mark is none, but only fan chicks and black porn." I mean, for all this, for all the stuff we complain about Twitter, they did get rid of the porn, though. Well, yeah, at least I, yeah. yeah, porn has kind of gone away from my timeline, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I block, like, I mute and block everybody. Not like I mute their page that they're retweeting like porn all the time. That one dude on your page is fucking disgusting. Um, the dude from Florida. The dude, oh, I know, I know, I know yeah, I'm like, dog, come on, man, like all day, man, like relax. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, who the hell is that? I want that man does not take a break. <laughs> that man is horny. That man is big horny all the time. I'm like, dog, hours. All right, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah, man, I was like, bro, you gotta relax, but yeah, man, it's uh definitely, definitely, definitely been a interest. Well, because Deji, boy, you're a fucking pervert. That's why. Like, you have really? you have the ability to mute that, and you don't. You're a sicko. I'm gonna pray for you in my my meta metaverse mega church. Um, 
to get that popping. But, you know, it is what it is. Oof, boy, we have eclipsed the hour mark, and I'm still here. Um, damn. Ah, fuck. Do it. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll push through real quick. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched the uh, Listen to Drink Chaps uh, Yay interview. Yes. All right. <laughs> so what I will say is that you need to listen to the entire interview. Do not listen to the clips. Do not listen to the, the, the hot takes. This is what we're talking about with Twitter and social media. People will take specific parts and they will try to make it a thing. Um, but they will miss out on the, the important nuggets and the gems and the jewels that Mr. West or Ye is dropping. A lot of black empowerment stuff. A lot of great music takes. Um, and, and a lot of... Uh, a lot of him talking his shit, and I respect it. I respect it. This man is a, a mogul, um, but at times, as a black man, he's reduced to a rapper when he has clearly transcended that. But, you know, you know, people get caught up on stuff like the MAGA hat or whatever, but he kind of goes into some of that stuff. And kind of like the Aaron Rodgers thing, you know, you can separate the artist from the artistry, but he, he was really spitting, um, I guess, the biggest takeaways from that is that for me is that apparently he doesn't have a house. He's just kind of like a nomad. He just travels around, which is kind of cool if you think about it. Um, you know, apparently he is he he deals in circles of like the Elon Musk and Oprah's and Hillary Clinton's and all kinds of rich people. The name drops were nasty. Yeah. I was like, these name drops are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, legendary. Legendary. Yeah. And my, my thing with Kanye was is like I. I well, not even Kanye West. Just drink, drink chaps, champs in general. Uh, I don't think they're that good of an interviewer. Like I don't okay. think they got. Nor is that they're, they're terrible. Like that, that yeah. I didn't notice that. I've never watched Drink Champs until this episode. I've watched. I've only watched three. I've watched Vince Staples, Wale, and Kanye. These are the only ones I've watched. I, yeah, I've, I've never never watched them. It just didn't seem appealing to me, and I, I kind of see why. And yeah. it, it makes me, and honestly, it makes me think, man, R.I.P. Combat Jack, man. I wish he'd have got some of these interviews because he he really knew how to kind of let the interview take over itself. Or he, he knew how to flesh it out, take his time with it. And it was really kind of a, a student of the game and knew what was going on, did his research. Well, I, I think I, I would have liked to have Joe Budden talk to so, so Joe Budden is my, my, new, my new favorite podcaster uh, since uh, Combat Jack passed. Because for again, same thing with Joe Button. They they kind of fall in the same sphere, except on a smaller scale. Like for all the wild shit that Joe Button gets clipped, he does. He do be saying some shit. And he knows what he's talking about. He but. knows exactly. He knows. He knows more about the ins and out of the business. Like he, Kanye's not just gonna be able to say something and not get checked on it. Like yeah, Nori is like they're just like what Nori does on Drink Champs is what you think it is. Like it's just a bunch of dudes in there while yeah, out getting mm -hmm. drunk. Like I'm it's like, it's oh, when people say like barbershop talk, like, like barbershop. that's kind of what that's it is. Thing. Like I know me and me and uh, Freddie Briggs were talking about it on the timeline where there were certain parts where Kanye. Kanye is like, like I said a couple weeks ago, I don't throw this musical genius term out very often. I'll use it loosely because that shit matters. Kanye West is a musical genius. Like when he talks about music, he knows exactly what he's talking about. He knows more than anybody that you know about music. So when he gets to talking about music and what like Jay Z is doing, what Scarface is doing, what the the what the 808s are doing to your insides and all these other things, I'm like, wow, this is interesting. 
And then Nord just comes in like, all right, all right, let's, let's take a shot, take a shot, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, wait, bro, wait, stay, on, on, like, stay on this. Like, like let, let's not move away from what we're talking about. Let's, let's, I, I want to hear him elaborate on some of these things. Like, I, I could listen to Kanye West talk about music for hours if they could just get someone that'll, and, and even, even the business of music, I'm interested in that, and the business of his fashion and art and all that stuff. But like, Nori is not bringing stuff out of him. Kanye West is giving him stuff. He's throwing out lifelines. I'm like, all right, so Nori's going to kind of grasp onto that and let's kind of go down that lane. It's like, he's just going to let that slide. We're not going to go back to that, and that's gone now. And then the episode just kind of ended. I'm like, what? Exactly. (laughs) It's crazy. You got to block out. Like, you got to, well, I guess if you're getting drunk, you can't sit for hours. But, yeah, I think that's where a Joe Budden episode would be better because that would be like a four-hour podcast. Like, let that man talk. Like, stop interrupting him. Yeah. But well, no, there, 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 there are times where you do need to interrupt Kanye to get to kind of keep him on track. But once he starts going down that track, let's try to guide him and get some more good stuff out of him. Don't just let him because if you just let Kanye talk, he's going to go down one track and then get off track and get on a different track and then get back on a different different track and go all over the place. You need someone that's going to be able to guide him down a certain topic. And I think Joe Budden would do a great job with that. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And that, that was like my biggest takeaway from that podcast was the drink champs and Nori are just not good interviewers at all. And like the thing with Kanye West is in this interview and when he's allowed to be candid and open, you actually get intel on people's lives that you may not ever hear an interview from that'll be candid. Like when he's talking about just sitting next to the elite of the elite, sitting next to Elon, uh, chatting it up with Steven Spielberg, with Oprah and stuff like that. These are not people that you normally get candid interviews from. So to even have someone that's able to open up about, you know, even with the fashion stuff, just the, the Virgils and, and the, um, owner of Balenciaga and just stuff like that. And just how he drops those gems in there. And then, like you said, it's like, Nori would be like, well, take another shot. It's just like, it's like, you know, what the hell's wrong with this dude? Yeah. And it's like, we always, he always has to like stick to his script, I guess. And, and it was like, there was a lot of good conversations that weren't had that weren't expounded upon. Like the song from Donda, the song jail prince gave him that song okay let's talk about that's like a 30 minute conversation right there and that just nothing ever happened with that and i kind of do respect uh what kanye was saying about the thing that sanskrit was saying earlier about him just like oh i'm just gonna travel around and not own a home or try not to pay for any food or just go around living this life and he was saying that he he saw this like he he this isn't something he made up like this isn't a kanye thing this is something that he saw other people doing, but he was able to acknowledge like, hey, it's a bunch of like rich kids, a bunch of trust fund babies that like before they go off to college or after they graduate from college, they just feel the need to be homeless on purpose to kind of have more in a, of an exciting life. And he, yeah, and he travel and, you know, yeah, and, but, he, but he, he understands that that's a privileged thing to do. Like regular people just can't be like, oh, I'm just going to be homeless for some this summer. I'm just going to travel around and see if I can just make it on my own. Like people, regular people can't do that. That's rich nigga shit. That's my daddy uh, has a couple of houses. Like my daddy has a summer house in the Hamptons or whatever. Like 
But there, there was a lot of stuff in there. There was a lot of good stuff. There was a lot of good conversations that could have been had. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the main thing that I got out of it was Drake got under Kanye's skin big time. Like he really got under his skin. Drake is wanna, legendary at being petty. Damn. Yeah. So, so Red, now, watch now the, is he Drake watch on the there? Interview. It's a good interview. Watch the interview, man. It's good. See, I listened to it. I probably should. I, I kind of want to. I, I wanted to watch it, but then I, I, I watched watch it before the podcast. I listened to. It. I'm probably finished watching it later. But yeah, I had to listen to it because I put it on the double time speed so I could get it all in in time. But one of the other things I did pick up, I don't know how serious he was being, but if, if it is, it's an indictment on the uh, Chicago school systems. But he was saying like, yo, I can't read or do math very well. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> Because apparently R. Kelly couldn't read, right? I'm just like, yeah. but that, but, that's, but to be fair, if you could make college dropout and my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, do you really need to be able to read, right? Read and write. But yeah, it kind of goes, from, it, it goes to what what Ye was saying too. Because again, people will hear this or hear that clip and be like, oh, Kanye West can't read and write. Oh, he's an idiot. Ye made a good point though. Uh, for black people, if we have community, right? Like, at the end of the day, everybody can't be good at everything. And I'm not saying fundamentally you shouldn't be able to read and write because that's, like, kind of the basics. However, if you got a dude in your camp like Kanye West, who's an incredible talent, a child prodigy, well, actually, I, I don't like the, the idea of prodigy doesn't really, it doesn't exist. That's another conversation of the day. He worked very hard to get his talent. He put in the hours. But, um, but yeah, if you have a guy in your camp that, that can produce that great talent, and let's say he can't read well. But when you have a community, guess what? Somebody in your camp or in your community who can read well should take care of you. Just like if you have a, a person in your, in your house that's a great athlete or something like that. You know, they might not have the, the greatest skills with math. Hey, you help them out or you give them where they go so they can carry the team. And, and I think that's another another gym that he dropped that, you know, in the black community, we don't really do stuff like that. Well, kind of in any other community, everybody's out for themselves. But, but he shouldn't have – it sounds crazy, but – he shouldn't have to be able to read and write because he has he produces a great talent. He he has a gift. Somebody should help him if that's the case. He's being, you know, one hundred percent true. Kind of said. Kind of got it. And, and there's there's kids out there that are more artistically inclined and not you know schoolastically or whatever. Like some people aren't good with numbers, but they're good with painting. There's some good. There's some people that are good uh playing instruments and reading music and reading all kinds of music and being able to just play music by ear but they can't really uh they're dyslexic like that this what Kanye West is saying is not abnormal like it's something that people go through well Einstein I kind of think but I think he I think he has been able to read though because like if he I don't know yeah, he can he can read but he's saying like he's not because I've heard him say this before like he's not a guy that reads books like if you if you suggest Kanye West a book to read, he's not going to read it. He's not a guy that's going to sit down and read. He's probably more one of those people who likes to engage in conversation or listen to stuff. But like actually sitting down and reading it, because I, I know for me, I'm not good with numbers. Like I look at numbers, I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. Like I, I'm not really trying to talk about or deal with this. But if you want to talk about something more. Uh, in the music realm or whatever, I can do that a little bit better than I can do with numbers. So I think that's what he's, he, he's not saying he can't read. Yeah, because if you if you're using <laughs> if you're using a drum machine and keyboards, you have to be able to read to understand this stuff. Like it's you can only spell through that shit for so long before you're just fucking up. Like it's it's 
you got to be able to read the manual and master those things. I, I can tell you that from from experience. So, but <clears throat> yeah, definitely check out the interview, man. Let us know what your your favorite parts are about it. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more next week. But um, uh, we'll throw out a hot take. Um, For Lauren, two is a better album than Certified Lover Boy. And that'll go into my song of the week, which is going to be. Uh, I don't think I did. I pick Angles last week. You picked y'all both picked something off of Wale's album last week. Oh, I think I picked uh, Down South. So I'm gonna go with Angles Jeez. this week. Wale featuring Chris Brown from For Lauren Two. It's my song of the week. That's good. Uh, my my song of the week. Uh, this is something. I'm going to talk about this, I guess, a little bit later when this album comes out. Apparently, there's a there's a Halle Berry movie coming out, and there was a there's a soundtrack that comes with that that is featuring nothing but female rappers that uh, Cardi B helped put together. And I think that's a great thing for rap and for hip hop culture that there are so many female rappers out there that you could look at that track list and name at least five other female rappers that you're like, well, why isn't she on there? Like, she should be on there. And it's getting to the point where there are so many like good, actual good rapper, rapping female rappers that there are some that are kind of under the radar that you just happen to stumble upon. And that happened to me yesterday. Uh, there's this uh, rapper. Her name her name is Beans. Never heard of her. I, I just happened to listen to her music. She can she is rapping her ass off. And it's my song of the week. And to, to show that she is not like just some run of the mill rapper. My song of the week is called As Seen on TV, and it's featuring Benny the Butcher. So that just goes to show you her skill level, because he doesn't just rap with anybody. Wow. i have to check that out. Uh, make sure you put that in the group chat. Um, I'm going to go this week with Silk Sonic. Damn. I don't know where I'm from. The smoking out the window. Just the that song's just a whole vibe. That's I, I was tempted to put the Wale on there, but that song I love it. Like smoking out the window, Silk Sonic is straight flames. Like right now, I'm taking an edible. I'm gonna go lay down and okay. cut my JBL on and just have a fantastic night listening to that. Probably kicking on the phone to some women that I'll probably have to pay for services at some point. But oh, you know, my God. What? It's just life. Okay. But anyway, I just want to give a shout out to um, everybody in the chat. You know what I'm saying? As always, y'all always do y'all thing. Thank y'all for the support. Um, and El Chapo, of course. Uh, everybody in the DBNR. Uh, you know, y'all, my brothers and sisters, even the nigga that eats candy corn uh, posted. I guess they have Christmas flavored candy corn, which is just grotesque. But shout out to everybody over there. Shout out to everybody that's been rocking with us from day one. I am Tech Messiah and I'm out, I guess. Yeah, definitely uh, subscribe on YouTube. Drop, drop a comment on YouTube. You know, it's all about the algorithms. Get our likes up, get our retweets. Up. Definitely share the link. Um, I, you know what? I do retweet just because I'm like, hey man, I'm gonna show you some love. Maybe retweet my shit. So retweet the podcast, man. Send yeah. us your people. Hold us down. We hold you down. This is KTSCF. We out. Peace. 
also watched Sopranos. That's and Kiana, her song of the really stressed thuggery featuring Cole. I don't know what the fuck that was. And that GA boy coming through with smoking out the window too. You already know how we do hey, right. I got an eighty-five slow, taking it easy. I don't want nothing to keep it with you. All right, stay off drugs, kids. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let me do my weekly thing so we can put this at the front of the episode. Um. All right. Hey. God dang it. <laughs>